0: We are geek-centric, and you can be, too.
1: Love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace. Welcome, geeks, to the most loyal honest and true podcast on the airwaves (laughs) my name is kevin and in today's episode we discuss the tragic news of the passing of a true hero both on and off the screen and then we give our review for disney's latest foray into the world of live action remakes but first if you're joining us for the first time this is a weekly show covering the world of film television gaming toys and collectibles and all things geek centric Joining me on the show, we have J Law, the matchmaker of all things collectible. And to his left, my right, we have Nate, the Mushu of the Twitch world. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing?
2: Good, yeah. is a good name for him. <laughs> Yo, I appreciate
0: that. I mean, I, if, I feel like more like Mushu, you know? Quarantine hasn't been too good to me, but yeah, totally. Um, well, oh,
1: obviously, obviously, it's been a few weeks, so I thought I'd uh, get right to the heart of the matter here, as difficult as it is, uh, and I thought mm. we'd uh, maybe spend just a few minutes talking about the difficult news of the passing of Chadwick yeah. Bozeman. I actually find it amazing that Mr. Bozeman didn't really become a household name until he portrayed the legendary Jackie Robinson in 2013's 42. Yeah. In just the next seven years, he would go on to capture the hearts and minds of filmgoers everywhere playing real world icons such as James Brown and Thurgood Marshall uh, as well as making Marvel's Black Panther a beloved character the world over. Uh, gentlemen what are some of your initial thoughts on not just the unexpected news of his passing but of the legacy he left behind in such a short time?
2: I was 100% shocked I think everyone was obviously and you know he was clearly private about the matter and and still decided to invest so much energy and time um he did not let this disease slow him down he saw the opportunity to do what he loves to do and and tell the stories that he wants for as you've you know said icons of of the past and you know really represent you know black culture in a very positive way like help impact that on the screen jackie robinson you know james brown you know and then going into doing something like black panther these are all movies of 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 iconic figures that are you know have impacted history in one way or the other uh, you know and I think it's just it's incredible that that's that's how he decided to define his legacy with knowing that he had this this ailment and this, this thing that could kill him and he stayed strong he stayed strong by the sounds of it from you know all the news that's come out since his passing of of how positive he was you know even leading into something like Black Panther 2 you know really thinking he was going to overcome it and and really step outside of it so it's a shock it's it's, it's unfortunate but uh, you know he has definitely left a mark in in the industry as as an icon
1: uh, and yeah. and of just such <clears throat> cultural significance in so many of the roles he played
0: absolutely well when the when the news came in like you know i'm i'm sitting there just browsing through youtube and i literally just see a post on facebook and you know you know how you know, how we get those onion news articles and some of those like fake news, like sort of joking news. And obviously, you know, even if it even if it was there, it's not a joke. But but to see it, I I just I didn't believe it immediately. Right. And and like anything on the inter- internet, you have to, you know, take a second glance. And then I just kept seeing more and more posts about it. And it, it turned out it's sort of sinking in that it was real. And I I literally just messaged Justin uh, and just started freaking out. And you know, I think a, a big part of it was just, yeah, like, shock and awe and, and just, like, unbelievable that, that you know, at 43, that this guy was just taken away from us. And, you know, but, but to, to Justin's point, like, the legacy that, that he left behind, I mean... You know, you talk about all these different movies, Forty Two with Jackie Robinson, um, and even even like Twenty One Bridges, uh, Five Bloods, uh, which was uh, a movie oh, that yeah. I had mentioned on the podcast. He was in. He was fantastic in yeah. that. Um, and so, you know, to to have him be taken away. But I think I think the coolest the coolest thing that you can say about this guy, and, and Justin, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but the fact that yes, this was so shocking because he he did keep it so private. But even how shocking this is, I, I don't think he's going to be, like, it, it's amazing that he's not going to be remembered for the shocking death that he, you know, the the, 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 the the fact that it was so shocking when he was taken away from us. He's going to be remembered for the legacy of films and content and movies that he left behind, right? And I think that's that's something that, you know, it really speaks to the kind of person that he was, that he, he did not let... His illness, his illness, uh, define him. He didn't let, you know, cancer define him. He, he, he let his work speak. And it was, uh, dude, I'm gonna miss him, seriously.
1: It's, yeah, it's, it's certainly, uh, sent sort of shockwaves through the industry and through, you know, just people in general. And I think Justin touched on it really well that even if his death is brought up in the future, it'll be because of the strength that he showed in the face of having such a devastating disease and and that he is obviously a man of such great strength that he was the perfect person to play some of these strong historic characters over time. You know, he really was just an incredible sounding man. And you just, you see the outpouring of love and support and just nothing but positive stories from, from people around the industry. You know, I don't think there's a person with a negative thing to say about the man. You know, Mm -hmm. and you've got everyone from Sam Jackson to John David Washington, and they're either talking about how blessed they felt to have worked with him or how much they were looking forward to maybe one day working on a project with him. I think Mm -hmm. just everybody he touched was influenced in a positive way. And so what a strong, strong legacy. And I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he had Oscar future winner written all over him, you know. So it, it really is a shame, but I think we will forever remember him as somebody who brought you know just such an amazing presence to the screen
2: yeah absolutely
1: and i think just this is just another big f you and a huge middle finger to cancer it's it's a terrible terrible thing and mr bozeman rest in power and uh we will miss you for sure and it's kind of a hard diversion to make but uh maybe we'll try and bring a little positivity and uh shift gears just a bit and talk about uh Maybe some of the things we've been watching over uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Justin, why don't you uh, jump into what you first, uh, what you've been up to.
2: Finally started uh, The Boys. Yes. Um, I actually am all caught up now to season two, episode four. Um, so I good. enjoy this far more than I enjoyed uh, Umbrella Academy, which I stopped halfway through season one. Um, I haven't gone back to
1: finish yeah, it. I only but... got through the first episode of that one yeah. and uh <laughs> shifted focus pretty quickly, but yeah, uh, sure. and the boys
2: is great. Like it does have a very subtle watchman quality. I like the idea of marketing heroes and um just this idea of how how what they symbolize in 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 that world. Um, and the fact that it's shot in Toronto and it's like very apparent that it's shot in oh, Toronto. Oh, it's so
1: awesome! Hey, eh? you see, yeah. like Roy Thompson Hall is the base for the headquarters.
2: Uh, yeah, it's great. Like Carl Urban is fantastic. The boys, generally, you know, Mother's Milk is 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 uh, is awesome. He's he's got such a badass name, but then like he's very caring. I love Frenchie, right? And Huey's Huey's great, right? Um, and there's some there's some bizarre bizarre things that happen in that. Uh, in this show, it's it's, oh, it's yeah. pretty interesting, yeah. Like it's it's getting it's getting very 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 uh, very intriguing, and that's that's the thing I think is the, to say about the show is that each episode leaves you with that that hanging feeling that you just you gotta watch the next one. Um yep. So I, I, it's it's been very immersive. I've enjoyed it
1: for sure. I was very actually cool. going to talk about this myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. I have an, uh, something else, like as I said, I have a backup just in case. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Sarah and I did uh, the big binge on it as well. Uh, I gotta say, for me, the standout performance so far has been Anthony Starr um, yes. as Oh um, my gosh, Homelander. Homelander. He is just unbelievable. In you can see how he's tricking everybody with the you know his charm and everything like that. But he is also absolutely terrifying. Oh, he is. Yes. Uh, yes. Everyone's so, scared of
2: him too. And, yeah. and the thing that's interesting about his character is is that it's like no one wants to talk bad about him or or say anything bad about him because they're they're scared of him. But they know. Like people know or get the sense that he's a bad person, right? Like that are I've worked in, in proximity with him, like the whole thing on the plane with with uh, Queen Mae. Oh you my know, goodness! Like oh yeah, just Terrible. a very intense moment. But it really does show his his sensibility of what's what's important to him. So yeah, and especially in the last episode. The last episode was really weird. Oh in, man! Uh, episode four of season two. Did you check it out, Kev?
1: I we we did watch it. I'm trying to remember the cabin.
2: The cabin at the end where he's, oh. He's, He's himself. I guess oh, this is right, intense. Oh, well, well, yes, yes. yes. Yeah.
1: No, but no, I, you, say no more. <laughs> Speaking oh my of God. brother's it's milk. Intense. And, I, and <laughs> it's, it, it's, it,
2: it's strange, right? Like, it's it's really weird how this, it just has an eeriness to it, right? Like, it just has, like, this sort of just bizarre nature of of, like, just weird ideology and, like, just breaking him down like you're right Anthony Starr is is pretty outstanding Homelander is pretty outstanding Uh, I love Billy Butcher though like I think he's just great oh (laughs) yeah oh Oh, he's diabolical diabolical yeah (laughs) when they fly that when they fly that boat oh my god he just comes out diabolical so good
1: I gotta I gotta say though like Homelander almost concerns me because it's obvious he's the big bad right and well it's almost like I just I gotta say season is stalling well, let me let I found let me this just, season really slow so far. That's let, my one I question. will say
0: I do really think that they're building up to and, and you know, this isn't really spoilers, but I think Aya Cash is doing a phenomenal job as Stormfront. And I think with some of the more recent revelations that we've seen in episode four, um, I really think that we're seeing someone who is worse than than Homelander. And I, I, I do think that it's gonna turn into this sort of Homelander versus Stormfront situation. I don't I, think I, they're gonna they're gonna remain friends.
2: I agree, but I think that the, the prerogative is to is to force Homelander to be the supervillain that he's that he's toting about. Right? Like really? I think she realizes in that moment how how fragile uh, Homelander's ego is and yeah. how she actually is in control now. And I think I think in the I think we're gonna see his trajectory of going solo and actually becoming a su- super villain or perceived as a super villain mm, and really pushing this like I'm a god mentality. Right. I don't need um, any of you. I don't need yeah. any of you. I'm yeah. powerful oh, that enough. Was, I think yeah. that was a big part of his revelation of him, you know, choking himself out like weird.
0: Right. So I I do think um like with with the whole uh stormfront situation like. I just feel like it's such an interesting way that they're bringing in the whole aspect of strong female, uh, you know, female empowerment and and showing strong, confident women in that world. Well, at the same time, you know, she's a straight up racist, like racist bigot woman. So. It's really interesting to see that sort of um, those two aspects sort of coming together. And I really do think that it's going to pave the way for for Maeve, I think, um, to come out as the true, uh, you know, female empowerment superhero in this specific story, Um, because I think I think she's actually going to be I think she's actually going to play a bigger role in this season than she did in season one.
2: Yeah, I think Black That's Noir is gonna be is gonna be uh, a bigger deal this season. Apparently, my my brother in law is a big fan of the comics, and he likes the show as well. And he yeah. said Black Noir has probably one of the best backstories. Really? Um, so, wow. So so I'm like okay, now that he's cool. been I kind such of such
1: a background character so far. Oh well, he's a pretty yeah. badass,
2: but like you know, but, yeah. Like oh, they, yeah, they leveraged him properly in the first one. Like I, I I thought it was really weird the direction they were going with with uh, the deep, and now I understand that you know the proclamation of 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 what the church that he's associating with, they're clinging to him as being like the superhero of the God, you know, like they're really like, right. It kind of it gives me vibes. Just
0: yeah, it's Scientology sort of vibes, right? Exactly, like God, yeah, get, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, so, and I and I like that idea that that dichotomy of what's going on, like this idea that it's being sold that God and has empowered these these people to be heroes. Yet, you know, now it's obviously clear that it, it wasn't the case. But there's still people out there that are going to believe that, right? Like that are still going to believe. No, God, God specifically did the hundred percent. Why the deep is yeah. now a part of this like church? organization right like it's, oh, it's very bizarre so they, they're, the they're doing so something good. very interesting with their characters by giving them like very like core little storylines that kind of like it's going to be interesting to see where the deep ends but uh, also where uh, <laughs> black noir <laughs> That's a good one. Eh? Yeah, Jesus. Right. <laughs> and on that note, Nate, no what have you been doing? <laughs> <to? laughs> yeah,
0: definitely yeah. been enjoying. Uh, definitely been enjoying the Boys season two. I'm every Friday. I'm so stoked for it. Um, I also have been um, still continuing watching Lovecraft Country, which is getting better episode by episode. Um, and then also uh, Raised by Wolves, which is uh, super cool on uh, HBO as well. Um, and it is, it's, it's, if you like sci-fi, it is very sci-fi. Um, so definitely check that out. But the one I wanted to highlight that I think is honestly a huge standout that I feel is going underlooked, uh, overlooked because, um, because it's on Apple TV plus and I I don't feel too many people have Apple TV plus, um, is Ted Lasso. Um, this is a show starring Jason Sudeikis, um, where he basically plays a, uh, US American football coach who... Actually, manages to get hired into the uh, premier into a Premier League football soccer like UK team, knowing nothing about the sport, but being one of the most kindest and generous human beings that you've ever seen. Like I'm talking like like insanely kind, and he's surrounded by all these British people that, for the most part, just want to tear him down or are just super negative and one by one he slowly starts turning them around and and it's so cool because you you see this guy that well he doesn't have any knowledge of how soccer works in the UK he does know how to be a phenomenal football coach not again not because of his knowledge of the sport but because of just how Phenomenal he is at bringing these people together and and helping them with what uh, with what they're going through. So um, he, you know, it's, we're currently on episode seven uh, right now. Episode eight comes out on Friday, um, and we're starting to see some of the cracks in his. You know, he's definitely got some issues himself that we're starting to see, um, which is good to know that he's not just a perfect human being. But dudes, I'm telling you, if you want to cry and laugh and cry and laugh in 45 minutes spend the night with me you need Nate. to dude no <laughs> yeah you need to watch you need to watch Ted Lasso because Jason Sudeikis kills it and it's well, honestly, it's it's my favorite show on Apple TV+. Plus.
2: I, I got to say, it sounds kind of like a show that Kevin might enjoy, minus the laughing and crying, maybe more the laughing, but... Yeah, well, yeah. No, but but
1: what I was going to say, you know, um, like this is the one show on Apple TV that I wish was anywhere else. Just the, yeah. the format with Apple TV just doesn't work for how I watch TV. You know, it's sure. just, I, you know... And this is the one, like, if, I, if I'm going to watch something feel-good, it's going to be in a sports movie. I'm a sucker for, sure. for a feel-good sports movie. And so this Mine sounds ducks. like this would be right up my alley in terms yeah, of dude. It, when schmaltz is acceptable, you know? It's when there's sports involved as well, so I can butch up a little you know, after, yeah. <laughs> after potentially tearing up. So, and I don't do get, wish- don't get me
0: wrong. Like they, they do, they do like, they've got dirty mouths. Like it's UK humor of some of the words that they say. So like, it's not for everyone. It's not for, but I'm, I'm watching it with my parents and it, like, they're like, they're like, you better not watch episode eight without us. Like they're, they're nice. in it, right? My dad's making predictions as, as to who Ted is going to like end up with and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, so it's, yeah, it's honestly, it's a phenomenal, uh, feel-good sports show. Um, and I don't even really like sports. So uh, check out check it out. Yeah. Kevin, what you been um, watching?
1: Well, so again, uh, as as all of us have, uh, definitely went through the boys and caught up to that. And, you know, I'm disappointed that I have to wait a week for every episode, but also love when they're, when we do have, you know, a weekly show to look forward to. So that's nice. But, uh mm-hmm. This one was a surprise for me. I was never a big fan of the movies that this show is based off of. I've seen maybe the first one once. Um, And so the show itself never really called out to me, but it keeps ending up in like top 10 lists on Netflix. Anybody who's watched it says it's a real fun show to watch. So I checked it out uh, and ended up plowing through the first season in a bit. And of course, I'm talking about Cobra Kai based on the 80s classic Karate Kid. Um, and you know what, man? For all the ways this thing could have gone horribly wrong, it's yeah. a nice little show. It was, you know, uh, I I like the redemption that they've given the villain from the original movie. Uh, yeah. His story is really, you know, fascinating to watch. Again, this is not gonna be up for awards. This is not gonna win acting a- a- accolades. Let's not kid ourselves here. But for a, if you're at all a fan. Of the Karate Kid movies, this must just be a dream come true. Like I would love to see a show starring Emilio Estevez coaching a new team of hockey players twenty five years after the Mighty Ducks. Exactly, right. like,
2: potentially going to happen.
1: Yes, I know. I've heard the rumors, and so like now that I've seen this, <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's go. You know, so oh, wow. Again, like I know my root. You know, my roommate Justin loved the Karate Kid movies. He's older than mm. all of us, and so they were more his <laughs> wheelhouse. But he loved the first season, you know. So I finally checked it out. and. Uh, Did again,
2: you watched Karate Kid, though? Have you watched it?
1: I've seen the first one once, but I've never okay. seen two or three, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that some of the characters are in a lot of those movies. And so it must be really cool for anybody who's a fan of the trilogy with Ralph Machito and... And whatnot, so
0: yeah, dude, I got to check that out. I've heard so many good things, uh, Kevin. About yeah, it's been about getting good reviews on Netflix. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was like, come on, how good could it be? And it's like, oh, you know what? It's not too bad at all. Nice. So definitely, definitely something to check out if it sounds at all like it's your cup of tea. But, sort of um, another,
0: another feel good. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you yeah. know, karate is a sport, I guess. It's, you yeah. Know, how, many t- how
0: many
2: tears? How many tears would you give it there, Kev? No. <laughs> Just for Nate, for Nate to understand.
1: Okay, it's a, it's a two out of ten in terms of tears, probably. Oh, okay. But uh, we got we got to well, think of a
2: rating system for you though for tears. Like, is it boxes yeah. of tissues? How many times <laughs> you reach for the tissues? You know what I mean? Um,
1: okay. But before we get too crazy here, um, there was um, in addition to the boys, there was one more thing that all of us watched over the last little while. Yes. And of course, that is uh, the topic of our show. So why don't we jump right in?
0: It's time
1: for the show. All right, well, it is no secret that Mulan has been out for just over 10 days now, and the controversy that surrounded the film prior to its move from a theatrical release to a Disney Plus premiere doesn't appear to be going anywhere. From the star of the film, Liu Yifei, publicly, publicly supporting Hong Kong police, to Disney attaching a $30 price tag on the stream of the movie, on top of the cost of their streaming service Disney+, plus plus the potential for hundreds of millions of dollars lost to box office revenues in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. This has not been an easy film for Disney to promote. Uh, Early financial numbers don't seem to be that positive. While the film sparked a 60% increase in Disney Plus subscriptions on the day of its release, That Mm -hmm. still falls well below the mark set a month earlier by the release of Hamilton on the streaming service, uh, which saw subscription numbers spike in the high 70s. Uh, In addition, the film brought in $35 million domestically over its first weekend, approximately half that of Tenet, which saw a more traditional theatrical release. And finally, the film was seen as a flop at the Chinese box office, likely where Disney was hoping to make its biggest financial Mm -hmm. splash. So the experiment does not seem to have gone over as well as I'm sure Disney would have hoped. Uh, In addition, the reviews are in and are incredibly mixed. On IMDb, the film got a 5.4 fan score and a 67 Metacritic score, while on Flickster, the film received a 51% audience score and a 75% Rotten Tomatoes score. Whoa! So the the critics certainly seem to have liked it a little bit more than fans. But, I mean, people are here to hear what we thought about it. So, guys, why don't we give our initial thoughts um, on the film itself? Uh, does any of the controversy surrounding the release of the film, um, aff- did it affect your viewing experience at all? What are your thoughts on how it performed? Everything like that. Let's sort of just jump in with initial thoughts, and then we can sort of break down some ideas as we go along.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely left um, it left a sour taste in my mouth. After, I mean, I would only heard about a lot of the news um, afterwards. In fact, I actually really learned about it after watching the movie twice. So, did it? Does it affect the the quality of the movie? No. There's other things that affect the. To your point, Kevin, there's other things that affect the quality of the movie that we'll get into. Um, but. But no, this this specifically does not. But it's just a huge, uh, it's just a big. If anything, it's a big message just to Disney, just to say tighten things up. I know you're a massive giant corporation, giant company, whatever. Tighten things up because that's it's just not right. That's mm-hmm. all. And and say sorry. That's it. And then and then we'll we'll continue, you know, trying to do the best we can. Um, but yeah, no. As far as my my overall impressions of the movie, if we're gonna dive into that at this point, um, I enjoyed it. I think it's the most competent of the Disney live action films um, that from what I, you know, of all the ones I've seen, um, I haven't seen Dumbo, but I'm pretty sure this is better than Dumbo. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's definitely a, a good movie, um, but we'll, we'll get into some of the things that maybe I, I, I didn't enjoy as much. And some of the things I think could have been a little bit better. What about yourself, Justin?
2: Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think the best way for me to really kind of relate it is just kind of start with my rating. So I'm sorry if oh, I'm yeah. going to jump ahead. No, go for it. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Um, I, I think that there's there's parts of this this film that are really, really good and that work. There's other parts of it that just feel very washed down or, or just sort of simplified. Uh, things that kind of were standout moments in the original uh, that didn't really make their way into... Um, at least one moment like when her putting on the armor and like her making that decision to to take her father's place like in the in the animated movie uh, at least that was a little bit more impactful here it was just a simple transition cut um yeah and i think that's very telling to this story of mulan to to overlook that i don't know if that was smart um and you know very like you know, the, the female characters were fairly well represented to a certain degree. I think the secondary female character, the the villain, the witch, uh, was very under underwhelming uh, for someone that oh, yeah. kind of seemed very relevant to Mulan's development. Uh, served very little purpose. Um, I just think that there were things that, that, again, worked from a cultural standpoint. There's things I really didn't like from the cultural standpoint as well, in the sense that they didn't give any Chinese language. Uh, it was all just Western language. Um, You know, there was just nothing like not even just a little bit of it. You know, I I get it. Like it doesn't need to be a super, you know, super, you don't want a movie that a Disney movie to be overly subtitled, but even just a little bit, even just like banter between Mulan and her father or like some of the soldiers or, you know, just anything really. It just felt very still, very distilled down as a, as a very Westernized look. Of, of East Asian culture.
0: So we, we, well, we did hear, we did hear a little bit there. So there was a very small amount um, of, of Mandarin uh, or, or Cantonese. I'm not sure what would have been used at the time, um, but there, there absolutely was in the background right at the beginning of the film. Um, but, literally after that in every other scene in the background because I, I paid attention to it the second time um, it's yeah it is all English speaking um, and to, to that point like I think for a Disney movie right because it is at the end of the day we are still making a movie for kids right um, yeah, it is they kids don't kids at least in America don't want to read subtitles um, as much so I, I'm assuming that was part of Disney's kind of Absolutely. thought process Absolutely. there but of course but at the same time like I don't know. Like, could they have done? Could they have done this movie in in Chinese with English subtitles, and then um, or English dub, English dub? English mm. dub. Could they have done an English? I don't know, man. Like, no. I I could see it being fine. I don't know.
2: I don't. Know. I don't think so. I think. I think also like the the, the weird process of translating. Or, or doing dubs is is the the way things are performed, the way things are said, right? right? They're not necessarily in the same sort of vein as as in English, right? But, mm. you know, you're right. I actually agree with you. I think that that was probably one of the biggest reasons as to why we didn't see more uh, Cantonese or Mandarin featured in the film. It also goes hand in hand with uh, the action. This was very, I felt, B, B-graded action for... Uh, for a kids movie like it, it was it was mm-hmm. soft it wasn't very intense uh they tried right. to make it look more intense than it actually was
1: um but again so, again yeah. let's think target it's a kid's audience movie. right yeah, this it's a kid's you know movie. This, no, You weren't going to get said. blood and and you know you yeah, weren't yeah, going to get absolutely. too much violence and i thought Angie, you yeah. know without too much like gore or violence, I thought the action was pretty cool looking I just thought there were moments where it was over the top and fun and grandiose, you know so yeah yeah I mean yeah. you know i just I thought that was one of the stronger parts of anything was kind of the action, hmm. given that you're not gonna get too much in in the way of what you're almost you were almost it almost sounds like you were hoping for from a disney movie for kids
2: yeah right? i i think I think instinctually like in my mind, I was hoping that this would f- and, and and at points it did kind of look and feel like a you know, Mulan with crouching tiger, hidden dragon sort of
0: absolutely. Uh, yes. Action.
2: Right. Cause it, it does follow the same sort of, of mythology of fighting with chi and the and physics, energy right? Power. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, and they did, they did implement that sort of style. Like they, they, they adopted from a very traditional style of, of Chinese filmmaking and embed that into the action sequences, which I appreciate. But I also think, like I was saying, I just think it, you're right. It was it was definitely tailored to the the kid target audience. So I, I think the action just felt a little bit it's flat in certain areas for me, at least. So
1: mm. um, uh, no, I think that's yeah. I think that's absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think there were things they did well within the movie. I think there were things where they kind of dropped the ball a little. You know, I mean, I, it was almost like there was this weird balance between this beautifully filmed movie with cinematography. And then other times it was just this made for TV aesthetics that was like really cheap looking. Yes.
2: And, and and that was like, and and that's what I was saying. I think in just in a quick conversation with Nate is that it's like they used all the great scenic shots in the trailer and then it would, that was all that was in the movie. And then everything else was just surrounded by these really weird, like green screened shot in different sort of frame rates. Like that was the other thing too. They shot things faster and slower. And then they took the footage and said, okay, Hey, we're going to take what was shot faster and make it s- and slow it down. And we're going to take what was shot slowed down and speed it up. It just didn't feel like it had a very consistent sort of frame or motion to it. It was just always, it was just constantly
1: changing. And then almost, that almost, that almost serves to take you out of it a little, right?
2: Absolutely. It drew yeah. more relevance to, to it. And the quick cuts between some of the action scenes were just very
0: jarring going into the movie. Like immediately I, I, I see all this beautiful color, right? You see the townsfolk and everyone's wearing these different, there's pops of yellow and, and pink and blue and, and all these beautiful colors and, um, and you know we've got little kid Mulan, which I thought was really interesting to see her kind of as a kid because we didn't really get that in the in the in the cartoon. And so you know it was it for what it was. I think it was okay. It, it gave a, a good sort of backstory behind the whole aspect of the the phoenix. But um, but yeah, dude, like like going into it and being like seeing those beautiful colors and those beautiful scenic landscapes near the beginning of the film, I was like, my I was like, this is amazing. Like I literally was like, I lost for words and. I, I was like, this is going to be a phenomenal movie, but then visually, you're right. Like, there, we get to a scene, specifically the one I want to call out is they get to the scene where they see the 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 fourth battalion or the the sixth battalion or whatever. They see the battalion that came before them that fought against um, boring Khan, as I like to call him. Um yes. and uh, <laughs> and and they they see they see these there are all these people dead and they're walking on like a hill. And yeah, that is like the most green screen. Like I feel like we do better green screen in our videos (laughs) than that was for a, (laughs) for a Disney movie. Well, we're going to, but for a Disney movie, I was, yeah, that really, you're right. It did really take me out of it. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that you've got that, that sort of blend of like the best we saw was in the trailer. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's, uh, you know, how often is that the case with, with, uh, you know, movies, unfortunately, but, uh, well now that we're on the negative train, why don't we keep going? Was there anything else that really no but why not? Was there anything yeah. else that sort of stood out that really well, that didn't win you over
2: so yeah, I, I kind of was alluding to it. it. I thought there was something very interesting with the witch character uh being very symbolic to the direction of where Mulan could go because there's this you know like I liked what i I know we're talking about what we don't like, but there the one element that I did like about the film is the theme of reflection. Um, You know, obviously drawing that as a reference from, from, from the original song and and the original movie um, and bringing that in as more of a, like uh, a story element. You know, the reflection becomes a very key thing and how she realizes who she really needs to be as it was in in the film uh, and the original animated film. But, there, they play with a lot of it aesthetically, visually, like you know, her walking in the, in into, uh, in, into the, the the great room where the emperor would have been when she confronts the witch that's sitting on the throne, and just the idea that the witch herself represents a very fragmented reflection of Mulan, like the the path that she could go if she embraced right. her true power, and that seemed so interesting, and I thought, oh, that's really great, but then you get to that 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 room. You know, and you think that it's going to be some sort of epic battle between the two of them, which I would have liked to have seen, like a really epic battle, like part two. Yeah, that would have been dope. And no, she just ends up leading her to save the day and then dies. And I was just like...
0: In probably one of the most unbelievable death scenes, because you've got this woman who can turn into a million bats and one arrow... (laughs) one right? arrow that's headed for Mulan. Like, I get it. Like maybe it was going to hit Mulan. So like she had to save her, but do like, don't just find You're a witch. Find a way to get rid of that arrow. Like you've got magic. And yeah. it was just, it honestly felt like such plot convenience to have that character die that way. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and, and just that, just so that they could have that moment at the end. It just, uh, it, it rubbed me the wrong way.
2: So I thought that was like really underwhelming to introduce that character and have her really mean nothing. So it kind of sucked. Uh,
1: well, now on that note, um, obviously they were trying to bring a little bit more—not entirely, but maybe ground the movie a bit more in in realism in some aspects. Uh, and so that's why we didn't get a character like Mushu, you know, a talking mm-hmm. dragon from the cartoon. But was there anything that they did in in terms of paying homage to the cartoon that you appreciated? You know, certain scenes, just like, you know, the sword scene was just so well done, yeah. yes. you know, with the reflection in the sword. Uh, I thought the spin on the ancestors' characters was kind of a cute way of doing that, you know, without mm-hmm. making them, you know, too over the top floating floating around ghosties or whatever you know i just thought yeah. that was a uh, you know anything else that you guys noticed well, i
0: think i think cricket was a fun way to bring in that character right and have him as a as a human being and uh and as part of the gang um and uh and i i got to say like and i know like you know the music i think was one of those things that was people were really upset when that got announced that this you know they're not going to have I'll make a man out of you or they're not going to have, you know, uh, reflection or or different things of that. But one of the cool things that I I did really like that did pay homage uh, to the original was just like the fact that like, even though the the exact songs weren't there, some of the dialogue from those songs did make it in um, in certain ways. Like, uh, we will make men out of every single one of you. Like, Sergeant Kang kind of saying that was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's obviously what that is. But um, even Donnie Yen, who honestly, I actually think Donnie Yen was my favorite uh, part of the movie. I yeah. actually think he did a phenomenal job. Um, and even from like an acting standpoint and everything. Um, but he says... Um, at one point, he's, he's giving a speech, and he says, uh, Tranquil with the forest, but on fire within. And I was like, cool. Like, they're, they're pulling portions of dialogue from the original songs um, that I think it just kind of helps to, again, as you say, pay homage helps, and sort of look back. It,
2: it, it pays homage, but it also draws relevance to what that scene is meant to right. do. Right. Like, yes. Like, uh, uh, there's the one scene that they're all sitting around talking about the kind of woman that they want. Right. And they're looking at the pictures and, you know, he's talking about, oh, she has skin as as white as milk and yeah. fingertips as soft as as, as 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 the root of a green onion. I was just like, yeah. wow. Right. And so and that and that uh, to me, that harkens to that song, you know, a woman worth fighting for. Um but I am glad, though, that the climactic scene didn't involve those guys dressing up as women to sneak into <laughs> the thing. Because like that would have been really funny if she's like, yeah, we're not going to show... The director was like, yeah, we're not going to show Mulan getting into her in armor. But yes, we are going to show these guys dressed in drag, helping <laughs> Mulan get in.
0: <laughs> I mean, um, I would have been okay. That would have been really cool. But yeah. but it
2: would have been such a shift, right? Like If yeah. he, if they did it do something like that?
1: Tonally, it would have been a bit right. off, maybe. Yeah, yeah because it's yeah, supposed to be small. There were small nods to jokes and having fun, but Mm. the movie was a bit more serious overall, I think, right?
2: I got to say, though, my favorite scene, like, as cheesy as it is, it just made me really love it, is when she looks at the sword after she uh, is, like, resurrected, if you will. And she looks at her sword, and she sees herself, and she says, truth. And then, boom, they kick that that reflection Uh. score in, and she's, like, (laughs) taking Uh. her hair out. She's riding that horse, like, I'm going to go save the day. Like, I was just like, yeah, you go, girl. Dude, you go, huge, right? like it was, huge! It was perfect.
0: Yeah, Harry Gregson Williams, who did the score for this, like honestly, so so wonderful in the way that he was able to mix the those musical themes, but like in an elegant way. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't overdone, um, and they brought everything in just at the right time, um, yeah. and it was cool. Like you know, if you do like the original music, like it, a lot of it is in there. A lot of it is in there in in the different themes, and when they're you know when they're doing her. Um, her makeup and things like that, like oh yeah, it was a great scene. You know, I like they that. they actually have the the song, but technically it's just being played in the background. Like, um, I don't know. I think it's 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 probably uh, the right way, in my opinion. If you're not going to bring in back that original music, to do that original music.
1: Uh, well, Nate, you uh, mentioned earlier that you uh, your favorite performance was, uh, I believe you said it was Donnie En. Um, yes. Was there any other performances that stood out in a positive way for you guys?
0: No.
2: I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mind Mulan. I actually oh, yeah. didn't mind she her. Was,
1: I think she might have been my favorite. I thought she was yeah. really, really I loved, cool. I, I, I did like her portrayal.
2: I loved actually her scenes with her sister. Yes, and like you I know was when she say. has the makeup on and she's walking and she's like, "This is my scared face. This is my yeah. surprised face," and it's all just the same, right? And yeah, I think she was. I think she was really great. Even like her getting dressed. Like, again, just to, like, I just think it was such a missed opportunity that they, they didn't take the opportunity of showing, obviously, her getting dolled up, prepared for this person, uh, the matchmaker, and didn't juxtapose that with her getting in that armor. Like, to see the two sides of that coin of, like, what she's meant to be and what she's going to do. Um, I, I just think that's such a missed opportunity. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, seen that in that sort of cinematic world rather than her just suddenly being in it. And then that was it. Right. It was like one of the well, biggest things.
1: And am I the only? One, like she didn't convince me that she was a man. I don't. No. I. I just. No. I just. No. That was clearly like like a Kitsch. woman the it's whole like Clark time. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And so they just. It's the idea that they just would never believe a woman would have that courage or whatever to do that sort of thing. And right. So, I, think I think that's, that's the idea. You I know, I guess it. Yeah. it just I was just watching the whole time going, but that's a woman. You know, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That just. That, yeah. Well, you know,
0: that, that guy sort of knew
2: that the uh, what was his name? Um,
0: oh, Honghui. Yeah. Are you talking about the guy that like falls in love with her?
2: Yeah. He was falling. He was falling in love with her when he knew that he was a boy
0: yeah sure he was he was falling in love but he was falling in love with who she was right which yes, goes beyond right. goes beyond whether it was a girl or a boy he was falling in love with the the best parts of her
2: i do think that like what was really powerful was when she does go back to the general and you know they all stand up for her right because she was being made to believe that everyone was just going to leave her in the dust no one was going to sacrifice himself for her but they knew that she was probably their best hope at whatever they need you know achieving whatever they needed it was a good
0: moment yeah yeah
2: it was a good moment and i and i think i think it really does again the film does capture the nuances of what the original did in in terms of those sort of elements but a lot of people like did you guys find it as an issue like she had chi like she had this this magical power which a lot of people online are like equating to like the force um right (laughs) and like that she has that she has this power and Uh, you know, she's been told to suppress it because she needs to be a woman and it won't be accepted if she's a woman with these powers. And and, and if she is so connected with her chi, people will think she's a witch. A lot of people have been saying like in the original movie, it was about this woman who who just was doing what was right for her family. She had no power. She went to go earn that power. She went to go do what was right. So, you know, like I, I thought about it after and I'm like, I like that there's an explanation as to at least why that fighting power exists
0: because right you
2: can't just pick that up you know what I mean like it's right. not like because then it's like the force <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean so, so.
0: I want to circle I want to circle back to that I just want to quickly because it, it kind of uh, flows into it the moment when she has her first fight big fight with Honghui with the they've got those spears the Spears, yeah oh my gosh and she does that like back kick thing <laughs> it's incredible and like you see like the the commander like start to go after her but then Donnie ends like no 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 hold on um but But she goes to have that conversation with Donnie Yen. And honestly, I think the reason that they did the whole chi thing was to accelerate the process of him, uh, you know, of them sort of discovering or questioning what's going on, right? Where he's sort of like, well, why don't you show your chi? Like, I know you have it. And any great, you know, warrior man should show his chi, right? And I think that was honestly kind of a, a, not as, it's, it's not a great way to really push the plot forward um, and and make it speed up as for as much as I enjoyed the pacing of the movie um I think to that point Justin I think it was a little bit hand, handled a little clumsily that way Kevin I would just love to know your thoughts because I'm always intrigued by your your salty takes uh, what did you think of of boring con as I put it
1: <laughs> I'm I, I maybe I missed it I'm just still not even sure why the why he was bad necessarily like right he was just, what was his? he was so his yeah, father was, was just...
2: killed by the emperor oh so right. the oh, okay. emperor great. so the yeah. he was claiming war on the emperor for
1: killing his right father. okay jeez, oh, great okay That's... so i mean was that like a throwaway line or something that i know uh, when once but... once
2: they attack the first once they attack the first like town uh and the soldier that is the witch goes back to uh the temple to confront the Emperor and let him know because one soldier survived she's right, basically right. the exposition,
0: and maybe yeah. maybe maybe that dialogue like maybe they were going for like you know like you watch some some sort of uh, kung fu movies and there is some sometimes that cheesy sort of expository dialogue, but most of that comes out of the fact that like that's just a crappy translation. Of actually, maybe good dialogue in that moment that just doesn't work as well for Western audiences. So it's just like, to, and you to wanted the
2: dubbed that, Mulan? Come on, well, okay,
0: man. come on. I mean, <laughs> you're making me uh, eat my own words here, but but no, like like I just think like the the dialogue in in a lot of the movie, and especially for the villains, um, was really poorly done, and and that character was just he just didn't feel he wasn't scary to me and like give me something that i'm scared of give me something that is is you know up there maybe not with like quite like with Thanos level but like i just want like yeah give me give me someone who's when he's on screen i'm scared You're for tense, our main character nervous yeah, yeah and i never was i never was for mulan because she's got the force that
1: or you go full-blown cartoon and over the top and sure. like just you know like channel the, the the i mean that's what makes the the cartoons not just yeah. mulan but so many of the disney cartoons so iconic is their they're scene stealing villains and this guy yeah. was flat he was but, flat oh. in my opinion but yeah, i found I mean, that I, with a lot of the performances you mm-hmm. mentioned the diet, like the performances were flat in a lot of instances. The dialogue was stiff and generic in a lot of instances. So
2: It does watch like they piece together. Things must not have worked or things they took things out to kind of make it work better. But it just looks like yeah. things are missing. And just doesn't feel overly complete in in certain aspects and speeding things up so you can get to other things
0: quicker. There's just a scene where he walks out, he talks to the witch, he walks out on like the side of a hill and he says like, we have to go over there or something and then just walks away. Like I was like, am I watching like a high school drama right now? Like what am I, like what am I watching? Yeah, Yeah, I know the villain,
2: the villain, the villain was underwhelming and which is why I was (laughs) thinking that the witch was actually going to be the real villain, but then... You know, they killed her, and then you were just left with Boring Khan, and it was like, okay, well, this is very uneventful, right? Like, that that whole climactic scene, like, the coolest part was seeing Jet Li use his own chi power to, like, round up those guys, right? And, like, then he got captured, and that was it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, clearly we are uh, very up and down on this one, so why don't we move into sort of our... General consensus, our final thoughts, our final score. I know we've got Justin's, but we'll go over that again. Yeah. fascinate why don't you sort of give us your or just you? You seem eager, so why don't we start with what? you on sort of a, a summary of your thoughts on the movie?
2: Yeah. I, again, I, I think that that I've I'm just going to reiterate what I said at the beginning. I give this film definitely six out of ten. It just it didn't feel as complete. There were great things that do kind of call back to the original film that I, I generally appreciate, and I do like the the attempt at trying to give like an underlining uh continuity to this idea of reflection and and her really understanding her truth and uh what is bound her to her truth but i i think kind of like the other remakes i i kind of think of like aladdin in the same sense this felt kind of b-rated not necessarily like a very uh scaled up cinematic interpretation of this movie it does feel like it was tailored and and i get that now like i understand now it's it is more for kids it's not for the sort of adults it is for the new generation and i am glad that a film like this is made to kind of capture the culture in a more um authentic manner that new kids and kids today will be able to learn from and understand more but at the same time i do think that there was some there was a, a little bit more of a, how would you say appropriation to some of it versus actual like being authentic.
1: Right. Was lacking in what was being touted as this big, you know, step forward in cultural representation. Absolutely, there
2: you yeah. go. That's I it. See it that lacked. Sure. It definitely lacked what it was meant to to really do, and that was to that cultural representation. It felt like it lacked in some important areas with that, and I I do think that it could have been a little bit more ingrained with some language. Um, but I would like to see in the future, though, them take uh, Pocahontas and try to do something like like what they Ooh, were yeah. trying to do with this, um, and really That's give interesting a very nice sort of uh, story to a uh, culture that might not necessarily get that much awareness of that. So, um,
1: but yeah, cool. I, I like give it a, that. I Excellent give it a six show. out of 10. Excellent shot there. Cool. Nate, your thoughts?
0: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we talked about the cinematography uh, gorgeous in some moments and then just due to the visuals and, and some of those green screen scenes just like really muddled. So Ugh. very, very similar to the, <laughs> the reviews, I think. Yeah. Um, the The score, I think was uh knockout for me. I really enjoyed the score uh, to the point where like i I downloaded the whole thing and I've listened to it a few times. and uh, I mean, reflection is probably my favorite song uh, of the Christina Disney, Aguilera? of the Disney songs. Oh, Christina kills it she's so good um, <laughs> and I, I also like the original one too but um, again
2: that, get, that, that gets Nate reaching for those tissues for sure
0: dude oh yeah <laughs> it's just start tearing up and I'm like who am I inside but I, I do think like again the, the, the score and, and the way that the movie looks does you know start to work towards some of the darker themes brought forth by war in ancient China um, the pacing is well done actually um, not lingering too long throughout the middle of the film uh the only thing I'll say though is at near the end of the film it's it's certainly a rush. It's really a rush in its third act, right? It's just like get get us get this movie done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Yifei Liu uh does a um or Liu Yifei does a, a great job as Mulan. Um but I really as I mentioned enjoyed Donnie Yen's Commander Tongue. He he's the standout for me. Uh the ensemble cast was charming. Um, And they provided what they needed to do without getting in the way, which I actually really appreciated. They, you know, like if they had a Mushu in this movie, he probably would have gotten in the way. Um, And so I was I was happy that they sort of fulfilled some of those fun and sort of fun, uh, quirky moments with the the ensemble cast. I just wish that the enemy was developed and felt more menacing. Again, I, I didn't feel like he posed much of a threat at all. Um, Overall, while I don't think it's a very high bar, and I said it at the beginning of this, I believe that it's the most competent of the Disney live-action remakes, which isn't saying too much. Um, It does enough different to stand out. Uh, alone on its own against the original, uh, to the point where like I could have both of them side by side and choose like based on what mood I'm in which one I'd, I'd prefer to watch, um, and and that's something I would say about that's something I would say about Disney's Aladdin as well as the only other of the live action remakes that did that for me. Um, Hopefully, the the success of this film will convince Disney, to your point, Justin, that this is a better way to recreate their classic lineup of films, where they can provide a respectful interpretation of their original classic stories while adding just enough so that older audiences and audiences that grew up with these characters um, can see them in new and exciting ways. Um, and so I really hope that for the future of Disney live action, I, uh, I don't think we're going to get that with uh, with um, Little Mermaid. But to your point, Justin, if they did something like this and and to even done better, maybe with better um, villains and acting um with uh, with Pocahontas would be phenomenal. Now you've got that in my head and if they don't make it, I'm going to be upset. Um but yeah, overall, um I give Mulan uh, a 7 out of 10. Um and I think most of that is the music.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. I think, Kevin, how, I think what about I'm you?
1: definitely I think I'm definitely going to side uh, more towards Justin's score. Yeah. Um cuz I I don't know. I actually this is one of my least favorite of the 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 live action remakes. Ooh. What would uh, you put no, ahead will- of it just so
0: <laughs> Just so I know. Um,
1: I, again, you're you're right in that it it becomes its own movie more than a lot of the ones in the past have done. But I enjoyed Lion King more. I enjoyed really? Jungle Book more. I enjoyed oh, yeah. I even enjoyed Beauty it and the Jungle Beast more. And that was one I never ever wanted to watch because it just looked like such a cheesy musical. And <laughs> obviously, that worked more for that story than it would have in this context. And so I I am glad that they strayed away from just going. Scene for scene, refilming all the songs, everything like that. Uh, I just this did not to me feel like a movie I would have been okay paying twenty dollars for in the theaters. Mm. Mm. You know, like this this felt like this was a D- Disney Plus movie on par with Lady and the Tramp, not Ooh. a not a movie that should have been that was made for a full blown. 200 million dollar budget cinematic release right. It just did not right. feel like that it didn't feel like from that. start to finish at moments yeah. it did at moments mm-hmm. it absolutely did and i think there were there were some performances that were really really enjoyable and thought-provoking and then others just felt really flat and stilted again the dialogue was really a weak point in my opinion that sort of held the whole movie back And you guys have both mentioned it, so I won't hammer it too hard, but what a lame, boring villain that could have been, you know, he could have, that villain isn't even going to scare kids, you know. We're asking a lot if we're going to be uncomfortable, but even the kids aren't going to be afraid of that guy, I don't think. And so that was a, a missed opportunity for what is essentially like the starting of a warlord here, starting, you know, what should have been a really destructive campaign that, you know, could have had millions of people in jeopardy and he just didn't feel that threatening at all so
2: it, it also softens her development because the terror of that villain was not necessarily that terrifying it's like really at the end of the day she just had to own who she was and that that's obviously an important message but it, it in no way did that threat kind of impact that i don't know it's just it's 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 interesting to think about how a villain would would play into some of our most iconic heroes as being very influential in their development you know this is it's actually subtle it's very very non influential to M- mulan's development her development was all actually on her own really it had nothing to do with this right
1: villain. and and i just i'm not sure how much of a fan i am of it being some special mystical force instead of heart yeah. determination and tenacity yeah. you know it yeah. was yeah. it was almost like she just had to unlock her special abilities no. and and save the day the instead force. of like digging down deep and and <laughs> yeah. you know doing the impossible and like right. i think Mulan in the cartoon comes out as a bigger hero than she did in this movie, for Absolutely. me at least.
2: Yeah, I um, agree.
1: So again, very hit or miss. I'd watch it again, but yeah. I wouldn't rush to see it again. Um, and if we're talking about where they're going to go, you know, they're going to deviate from the cartoon for a remake, they're saying Hercules, they're going to do uh, oh, yes. differently from the, the actual cartoon. So that's interesting. Sure. I'm down. Um, <clears throat> that's interesting. But no, I'm going to give this uh 6.1 out of... 6.1 out of 10. So, one, I, one, I, what? I, you're especially. You're
2: just going one above me. I eh? just went 0.1 above.
1: No, but <laughs> you, can't give, of... Can't give those round rookie scores, bro. You gotta, can't give those <laughs> round rookie 0. scores. Oh. Yeah, no, I just. Uh, especially after. Uh, Mulan was never like one of my favorites growing up. I just sort of. I, it was how old I was at the time, what I was doing at the time. I was sort of moving away from Disney cartoons. And so yeah, yeah. Mm. re-watching it again a year or so ago in anticipation of this got me so amped for, for it. And I was like, it's such an underappreciated movie in the library of Disney cartoons from that 80s, 90s period that this just was disappointing in, in light of that, I thought. So yeah. a little disappointing, to say the least.
2: Yeah. You know, you mentioned watching it on, you know, your TV and it feeling very Disney Plus oriented. Do you think you would have gotten that vibe in theater as well? Like it feeling very B or was it because you were watching it on TV and, you know, it's it's on it's on, it's on Disney Plus, is it? Does that in some way kind of influence that?
1: I I mean, I, I don't know if the two movies are comparable at all, but you know, we rented Bill and Ted a week or so ago. And that was a movie that I could have understood being on the big screen. I don't know. Mm. Not as big a budget and everything like that, but I didn't feel like I was cheated out of a a theater movie because I saw it on the TV. Yeah. Um, You know, but maybe this would have benefited from being on a big screen with bigger sounds and and whatnot. I'm not sure, but I'm usually not that picky when it comes to that sort of idea.
2: Well, that's, yeah. Uh, You know,
1: I'm like the last to talk uh, to about Oh, sound quality and picture quality and frame rate, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
2: I ask because the the reason why is because when I went and saw Aladdin um, in theaters, it, it stood out to me as being very B action and, you know, very kid friendly and stuff like that. But then when I watched it here, rewatched it on Disney Plus, I was just like, Man, it does feel very made for tv like the action scenes and 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 the the overly cgi versus you know the actual real real aesthetical shots um and then i'm you know watching mulan i find myself in the same sort of thing and i'm just wondering like is just just is this just a style of how disney is able to just quickly turn out these films where they mix a less percentage of actual on location shooting with dynamic sort of CGI work you know what I mean like to really captivate because they can can do more in studio versus you know spending a lot more and doing it on location and, and certain sort of things so um, it just it just drew because it felt very similar to sort of an, a, a formula that Aladdin had. Um, so I'm wondering if, if they're going to get into this sort of situation, just like they did with their Disney animated movies, where it was just like a, a sort of turn by turn, like, here's another one, here's another one kind of system with these movies. Mm. If they're just going to basically try to figure out that formula for live action and do the same sort of process, uh, where they can leverage more studio CGI versus on location. I know I just to, not to deviate. It just no, it feels it's... like it plays into the formula a little bit more too. But well, Justin, in this one...
0: D- Sorry, I was just going to say, do you feel, Justin, though, that, like, what, are there kids growing up with these movies that are going to look back at them with the same reverence that, and I know, like, this sounds like, oh, I'm from the 90s, and, you know, these are my movies, but, like, are there kids that are legitimately going to look back at these Disney movies and be like, these are classics? Like, really? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. They're going to look back at Avengers, maybe. You know, they're yeah, going to look I back. Th-
1: I don't think th- Disney know. has hit it with these these remakes no. yet in terms of that. You know, like, I just think there's something missing there. And obviously, this wasn't ever intended to be the kind of experiment it's been in that they're taking this big studio budget movie and putting it onto their streaming service. But for the first entry, entry into what could be the future of watching movies, it wasn't the best... Uh, The best effort, I don't think, uh, in terms of. I liked it better than Lady and the Tramp,
2: but. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) I think, I'm sure, I I haven't seen that one yet. Um, Just, you know, the reviews were too negative. Uh, You know, oh, they were in the 30s, and that one just got pooped on. It was campy. Like a walk in the park with a dog. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) So. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I think the future of filmmaking, even just from Disney as a studio on its own, it's going to be interesting to see if they sort of look at this experiment and this movie in particular and go, okay, we need to refocus and readjust what we're doing with these remakes and... Because they've got yeah. five or six or seven more in the works at different stages of development. Oh, they'll development, keep doing them. So. Yeah, but that's, that's them. what I
2: mean. Like The fact that they're already pre-announcing a lot of these movies means that they have some sort of formulaic process to how they can churn out these, these movies with the CGI and it's just a matter of, of just getting everyone there and shooting the scenes and doing what they need to do. Cause like, I that argue... doesn't have
1: to be a negative, you know, look at no. what they're doing with Marvel and doing three or four of them coming out a year. And right. you know, Absolutely.
2: And... no, for sure. I, I, I'm not, and I don't mean like in this sort of the rapidness of it, but I mean like in that sense of how, how formulaic they feel, do the seams start to show that this is just literally, there's less intention of actually trying to do something different but just turn out a piece of a product right like i feel like with at least of the the marvel movies you're right they they're fairly consistent with them and and they, they they but they they all feel different from from one another because because of their approach of who they get to make these movies and stuff like that these i think like if you look at aladdin and mulan i think aesthetically yes they're in different parts but they could live in that same sort of dcu if you want disney cinematic universe of you know where they all kind of live right so it'll be interesting to see what the approach they take with something like little mermaid right like you know that's going to be overly cgi right so
0: it just it just sucks that this mentality of of okay let's just get another one of these out of here let's just get another one out has hit these live action movies so quick into these live-action movies being a thing. I mean, we even started to see it with Star Wars, especially around Solo, um, where that started to become a, you know, <laughs> just get it out, just get it out. And then they had to slow down, and, you know, Solo being not as good as Rogue One and everything, right? Everyone sure. says that, yeah. so. Um, but anyways, Kevin, get um, over let's, it. Uh, let's, let's get this uh, podcast uh, over with here. Let's go.
1: All right, folks, well, there you have it. Uh, that is our take on Disney's most recent foray into the world of uh, cartoon remakes. Have you seen Milan? If not, why? If you have, what were your thoughts? Did it, fa- uh, did it fail to meet your expectations when compared to the original cartoon? Or did the live-action remake capture your imagination in a whole new way? As always, please let us know your thoughts. Uh, gentlemen, where can they do that?
2: Uh, they, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail co- gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com.
1: Oh, and gosh. as always, if you enjoyed the episode uh, and haven't yet, please be sure to, to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Throw some stars our way. We will forever be in your debt. Uh, we are Geekcentric and you can be too, which means you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Please help us out and make sure to recommend not just this podcast, but the YouTube channel to friends, family, uh, and even strangers on the street as long as you do it while safely social distancing. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and follow us on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Uh, And don't forget, you can also check out Nate's live gaming stream at twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. Uh, Anything new to report there, Nate?
0: Oh, yeah. So we're going to be, we probably are going to be changing up the stream schedule a little bit. So keep an eye on my Instagram for that. Uh, games on Instagram um, for, for any changes, just because I, I am back uh, to the day job now. So I am going to be, you know, having to shift some things around. But don't worry, we're still going to be streaming. In fact, we might be streaming a little bit more often. Uh, and of course, we're going to bring you that Fall Guys content. We just got a new update with Fall Guys. Having a great time with that game. Having special guests on. I'd love to get Kevin. On, uh, on on the show at some point, I'm sure we could figure that out. Um, oh yeah, but, just uh, just
1: right? uh, bring, bring the sensor along. Yeah. That, game, <laughs> yeah, that is one of the that is one of the sweariest games I've ever played in my <laughs> life. Let me tell you, sounds great.
0: Listen, I'll I'll turn it into an eighteen plus uh, cast. We'll be fine. Um, nice. But no, you know what? Coming up very soon. Uh, look forward to some Super Mario sixty four on stream with the uh, with the remasters coming out on Nintendo Switch. So stoked for that. I've never played through those games uh, in full. So playing oh, through wow. sixty four for the first time. I've only ever played the first few levels. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I look forward to, you know, if you are going to tune in and you know those games off, you know, off by heart, please help me because I'm sure I'll get lost.
1: And, uh, you know, I think think we're slowly but surely getting back to, you know, some sense of, you know, normalcy in the world. Obviously, we're a far way off from where we were just six months ago, but hopefully over the next few months, uh, we can maybe get ourselves back into the geek centric studio and get some of our. Patented content back up and running that would be uh, lovely. I've got a pile of pops just screaming to be fun boxed, <laughs> let me tell you. So yeah. that is definitely the dream there. Um, but yeah, until then, just keep an eye uh, out for us on social media and we'll try and engage with you guys a bit more. And we'll certainly let you know if we've got anything in the works that's uh, worth looking out for. Uh, but until then, Justin, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time. As we always say. Love ya. Stay home safe, guys.
2: Peace, y'all.